I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund. It's been a while since we did a recruiting podcast. Thought we would catch you guys up a little bit, uh, especially with last night's news of a new commit from a defensive lineman. Scott, uh, tell us a little bit about the new commit. Uh, Nick Magalu, he's a kid out of Menlo Atherton down in Northern California. Um, a big kid uh, with a lot of potential, very versatile. That's one of the things the coaches, I think, really like about him. We've seen anywhere from 6'2", 270 to about 6'2", 280. So he's in that you know, 275, 280 range. He can play defensive end. He can play a three-tech. He can play a five-tech. He can play a zero, which is over the nose. He can do a lot of different things for you, and I think that's one of the things that the coaches saw in his abilities because he's really more of a pass rusher right now than a run stopper, but he's pretty good at stopping the run too. Seems like everybody wants to take guys and compare them to different guys. This guy is definitely not a wide body, but um, you know, when you take a look at defensive linemen, a lot of people are looking for a guy to do similar to what Michael Bennett does for the Seahawks. And that's, uh, you know, that quickness and enable to fill, uh, you know, shoot the gap. Is that what this guy is? Yeah. First of all, I need to correct you. What Michael Bennett did for the Seahawks, okay, I think would be the best way to put it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he can, he's going to get pressure from that three technique spot. He uses his hands pretty well for a guy his size and, and at his level right now, only being a junior. Uh, the one thing, the only concern that I think I have and, and that some people might just temper their expectations of him is that he plays for a smaller school against smaller schools that it would be what would be the two uh, way or even one a division up here in the state of Washington, just, they're smaller schools, so he should be dominant, and he was very dominant uh, as a sophomore and junior. So um, just something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, he's a guy who can collapse the pocket a little bit. He can he can get out and, and do some stuff in, some, in space, and he, and he really pursues really, really well. So I think that's probably the things that the coaches really liked about him was the fact that he's position versatile, the fact that he can get after the quarterback as a pass rusher inside or outside, and that he plays pretty well in space. And, Scott, I've gone over this numerous times that, you know, you take the 13th best defensive tackle in the country and the 30th best Sometimes there's not a lot to pick and choose. It's just differences. And what Coach Pete and Coach Malloy, Coach Kwiatkowski, what they're looking for is traits. They're looking for size. They're looking for, um, you know, are they going to fit in the program? Do they have the speed? Do they have that first step? They're looking for specific things. You know, and when it comes to Pete, what do you and Akaika, what are they looking for on the defensive line? I, I think more than anything, they're looking for guys that are versatile. And I, what you know, I kike keep coming back to that that word versatility and, and position versatile. They a guy that they can kind of move around and use in different spots and find mismatches with. And I think that's one of the things they like about um, you know, Nagalu is just that that he's a guy who could play multiple positions along the defensive line. The next thing they're probably looking for is that first step. You know, how is his first step um, is it quick? Does, is he able to get penetration easily? Is it something that um, we're going to have to work with him on on his technique and he'll be, be a lot better? So I think that's kind of the first thing that they look for, or the second thing they look for is is really how their first step is and and, um, and, and if they're going to be able to anchor against the run would probably the, be the third thing because you always got to be able to stop the run if you're going to play defensive line. Yeah, these guys aren't a finished product. 
they're looking for guys that they can come in and mold and uh, grow into what they want them to be. And this definitely looks like a guy like that coming from the smaller school with the physical abilities that they're looking for, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you, whenever you're projecting a guy from the, these smaller schools, I think it's just real tough to to you know know exactly what they're going to do, especially when you look at it from our level of you know at fifty thousand feet, kind of looking down on it and everything like that. So, um, you know, I, I, w- with Washington taking the Galus so early in the process. This is a guy that they targeted very early and that they really, really wanted to get in the class. And I think that's, you know, people that might be a little concerned with his stars or anything like that need to kind of set that aside because the coaches targeted this guy early and made sure he got into the class as early as possible. They wouldn't do that if they didn't think this guy was a five-star talent maybe, but masquerading as a three-star at this point. Scott, uh, when we talk about other recruits that have committed, you know, the first one that comes up that, you know, maybe there's a little bit of uncertainty out there is Sama Paama, uh, the defensive lineman, offensive lineman out of Hawaii. He's listed at 6'5", 325 pounds. Um, he's told you that, um, you know, they were recruiting him as a defensive lineman. That's not what we're hearing, though. No, well, I mean, the thing is, I, maybe I was a little uh, too firm in, in my stance on where he's exactly going to end up. My personal opinion is he ends up attack or as an offensive lineman, he'll probably end up at guard. And I still hold true to that. I think that's where he's ultimately going to end up. But a lot of it's going to depend on what Washington's able to bring in in this class. Now, Noah Nagalu definitely makes it so that, you know, he's a, uh, you know, one, one of the first true defensive linemen in this class. Okay, Washington's going to take at least two, if not three in this class. So, you know, um, I think they want to see who else they get in because if they're able to get in a guy like uh, Fa'atui Tuitele or Matt P- Matthew Polamau or Jacob Bandis, Siaki Ika, some of these guys, then Pama, Pa'ama does have the ability to move uh, to the offensive side of the ball, and I think that's ultimately where he's going to end up. But I think a lot depends on who they get in in this class and who they think uh, fits better on which side of the ball. I still think uh, Pa'ama ends up at guard. I have um, a good reason for believing that and um, and think that that's going to be where it's going to be. But I think we need to just kind of let this class take form and, and wrap up before we really determine where he's going to end up. Not a finished deal yet. Not done deal that he will wind up on the offensive line. But what would you say, Scott? 80%? Oh, probably even higher than that. I'd say it's probably closer to 90% because – you know, I, I just feel that that um, when it's all said and done, Washington's going to have a nice uh, defensive line class coming out of this uh, the 2019 class. I think they're going to have a lot of guys to choose from, a lot of different body types and everything like that. And when it's all said and done, I think Washington's going to have their three guys that they can work with, and that's going to make Pa'ama, um, I don't want to say expendable, but a guy that they can move around instead of pigeoning, pigeonholing him into one spot. Another guy on the offensive line, I, I'm, I'm convinced he's about the recruiting cycle, is Corey Luciano. Yeah, Corey Luciano, that was a guy that really just needs to um, be a guy that they, that they need to figure out where he fits. Is he going to be a center? Is he going to be a guard? He could be a tackle. He plays tackle down at his Juco. So uh, he could fit in a number of different spots for, for – um, for uh, Washington once he gets here. But that's a guy that, that uh, the Husky coaches were really, really excited about. 
Uh, USC's offered him. Um, a bunch of other schools were after him when he committed to Washington. And he's a guy who I don't see flipping. I think Washington's in very good good shape with Corey Luciano. He's going to add to that versatility that they have along the offensive line. You know, Pete's not one for drama and attention, but uh, he's got one that uh, is committed in Nathaniel Kalepo. Very, very active on social media. That might be an understatement, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Pete, Pete, uh, Chris Peterson has his way of doing things, and and um, you know, a lot of people question why uh, Nate Kleppo is being allowed to take visits or or to do this or to do that. And not all recruits are created equal, and he's a guy who I think Washington is more than happy to let kind of look around and do his thing um as far as being a recruit and everything like that the kid's only 16 years old he's not even 17 yet you know just let him have his fun do his thing i think washington is ultimately going to end up with him his mom wants him there his family all wants him at the university of washington he really has a great bond with scott huff and chris peterson so i this is not a kid i would get too worked up about no matter what happens now later in the process if he's still kind of goofing around like he is and I don't want to call it goofing around, but if he's still, you know, going on visits and doing all these different things, maybe you start getting a little more concerned. But at this point in the process, don't worry about it. This guy's locked into the University of Washington. Cameron Davis, when you talked to him, when he committed, uh, he told you that the Washington coaches told him that he was going to be the only running back in the class. I don't think that's the case. Um, I don't know if it was the case then, but I sure know it's not the case now. Oh, no, it, and it's not. And he even told Greg Biggins almost immediately after he talked to, to us that he said, yeah, I talked to the Husky coaches, and they said they are going to bring in another one, and, and I'm fine with that. I know I'm going to have to compete wherever I wherever I sign, so I'm not worried about it. And Washington will be bringing in another uh, running back. One of them was up on campus this past weekend that they've targeted in Zach Charbonnet, a 6'2", 215, 220-pounder out of Oaks Christian down there in Southern California. California. He was up for an unofficial visit. He's not the most talkative guy. He doesn't do a lot of media stuff, so it's real tough to read this kid. And uh, But everything that I've been told is Washington is in a great spot for him and uh, are very likely to um, be able to reel him in here in the next little bit. I think he's probably the second guy in the class that Washington's going to end up with. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see on what happens. Jimmy Lake, uh, again, he's uh, loading up for bear. He's got one commitment in Cameron Fabikulanen. Is that right? Fabikulanen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Fabikulanen, yep. Yeah, um, I expect there to uh, – those spots – those seats in that room are highly coveted, and he could be choosy about who he offers those seats to, Scott. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, Washington's in on a lot of the top guys out here on the West Coast. And, and while the West Coast not, might not be great as far as um, offensive line and defensive line are concerned, um, you know, it's kind of slim pickings on the West Coast for guys like that. When it comes to cornerbacks, man, cornerbacks and safeties, but more cornerbacks than anything, Washington has their, their kind of pick of the litter. And I mean, the West Coast is really loaded with a, some really talented defensive backs. And Washington, being who they are right now, Washington is the second is right up there with USC. They're they're neck and neck with USC for a lot of these top kids and where they want to end up. Chris Steele is a guy, you know, he's out of St. John Bosco. He's one of the top cornerbacks in the country. I think he's number three in the country. And he's a guy who looks like he's probably headed over to the SEC. That's kind of his thing. But Michael Wright, 
um, is another one uh, out of Valencia. He's one that Washington's offered. Jeremiah Cradell out of Modern Day. He's another uh, corner prospect, 6'185 pounds. I think Washington's in good shape to get at least one of those guys. Um, and then, then you throw in guys like uh, Noah Pola Gates out of um, out of Arizona. Uh, he's a 6'280 pound safety prospect. Um, Kiwan Markham is another one out of Long Beach. And then Titus Toller is one that I think Washington fans need to kind of get to know because he's a guy 6'1", 190 pounder out of uh, St. John Bosco that Washington just offered recently. I think they've got a decent shot with him. And one other guy to remember, Trent McDuffie, also out of St. John Bosco. Is that, I, I think people are starting to get a theme here. Uh, he's, he's 5'11", 175 pounds. He plays big. He's fast. He's quick. He's got great ball skills. He's someone that Washington offered very early in the process. He was up here earlier in the spring, and I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. Washington may not get a commitment out of him, but uh, they're going to get an official visit, and anything can happen once those happen. Dylan Morris has been at practice quite a bit, the quarterback out of Graham Kapowson. He was hurt last year. Um, but from what I've seen from Dylan, I don't think it's just the clothes he's wearing. He looks bigger, Scott. Yeah, I do too. I think he's I think he's trimmed down a little bit, which make always makes you look a little bit taller. We've got him listed at six one two hundred. It wouldn't surprise me if he was pushing six two now. Uh, he does look a little bit bigger. Has lost some of the baby fat. Um, I think he's uh, you know poised to have a really 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 good senior season. And if that happens, man, just watch out because I think uh, Graham Kapowson's got some got some of the horses, and they could make a run in the state playoffs. But uh, you know he's six. Uh, two-ish, six one, six two, probably about two oh five, maybe in that range, two ten, and uh, got a great arm, can make almost all the throw, pretty much all the throws. Um, he's just a guy that, that the Huskies targeted early, got in on early, and I, I think Bush Hamden, if he could talk about him, he'd say he was really excited to have Dylan Morris in the boat. You know, it's, he's a kid that committed so early between his freshman and sophomore year, um, you know, and he had the baby face going on, and he was just a skinny kid who could, you know, was pretty accurate. But taking a look at him now, the way he's filled out, he has the facial air. You know, and I, you know, talking to Jake Heaps, and he said, don't sleep on Dylan Morris. He goes, this guy's got a hose. He's got a really strong arm and I don't think people understand how strong of an arm Dylan Morris really has yeah yeah he does have a, have a big arm and and because he's not the biggest guy in the world you don't think that he's got a big arm but boy I don't know if it rivals uh Jacob Eason's but then on the other hand I don't think very many uh prospects equal uh what Jacob Eason can do and putting heat on the ball so um, as far as Dylan Morris you know he's probably he'd probably come in and he'd be right up there with um with uh, Jacob Sermon and uh, Jake Hayner and and uh, and uh, Colson Yankoff in, in arm strength and and uh, all, you know he'd be probably second on the on the roster once he gets here in uh, the summer. Yeah, and uh, it, there's been quite a few recruits on campus over the past few weeks, um, not only on campus, but at practice. And yesterday, a guy that many may not know about, I can't pronounce his last name, me and Fetters were joking, it was a Mecca Weka. But uh, a Mecca, I can't remember his last name, um, the skill guy out of Stillicum, 2021 kid. Yeah, yeah, Egbuka is the last name, Egbuka, um, and he's a big-time guy. Huffman, Brandon Huffman has been raving about this kid since he saw him. He's definitely a Power 5 guy. He's, he, you know, he's he's big already. I think he's in the 6'2 range, something like that, 6'2", 100 and, 
180, 190 pounds, somewhere like that, um, an elite wide receiver prospect out of Stillicum. And you don't see a lot of those guys come out of Stillicum. So um, a guy to keep an eye on here. He's only a 20, he's only a freshman, 2021. So he's got a ways to go. He's in the, there's JT Tui Malau, the, the defensive line prospect. He was also at UW, by the way, out of Eastside Catholic. He's kind of the number one guy, but then you've got Sam Heward, you've got Junior Alexander, you've got Jabez Tanay, you've got uh, Julian Simon, and then you've got Emmanuel Egbuka. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, Emeka Egbuka. So um, a lot of skill talent here in the state of Washington coming up. You know, you talked about Sam Heward and his wide receivers and um, Junior Alexander and... um, uh, yeah, so you know, I was on an event up at Dan, Dan Marino's, and um, I was talking to Dan about recruiting, and I I asked Dan Marino, you know, because we were talking a little bit about um, uh, Heward, Sam. And I go, well, Sam's got some receivers. I said, who did you have to throw to? And he started laughing. He goes, I had Artie, I had Louie, <laughs> I had Jimmy. Yeah, he goes, I just had a bunch of small, small Italian guys. So it was interesting who, it was Artie, Louie, Jimmy, and uh, who else? I can't remember the other one. So that's, yeah. who, that's who he had to throw to. But uh, Sam Heward's got a couple of big time guys over there. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about uh, Sam Heward, you know, tell, tell people a little about the wide receivers that he has. Yeah, well, I mean, then you got – so we've already mentioned Junior Alexander. He's about 6'3", 175 pounds. Um, you've got Jabez Tanay, who's more like probably 5'11", 6 foot, 180 pounds. He's more of the slot guy out of the their system that they have there. And then um, you also have Trent Morrison, who I love. Uh, that kid is blazing fast and, and can really get in that open field and cause some serious, serious problems. Um, the coaches, um, you know, that I've talked to and scouts that I've talked to think that uh, Alexander, if, if he develops like everybody thinks he can, um, he, he looks amazing and has a great upside, but the problem is he's, he's kind of, uh, inconsistent right now. And I think that's something that a lot of people want to see out of him is more consistency. How does he handle things? How does he, um, you know, you know, just how does he mature? in uh in playing the game of football and and some sometimes it takes a little longer for other guys so uh we'll see how he develops but he's got a higher upside than almost everybody um um but Emeka Egbuka man that kid can play um he's he's an exciting guy and I you know how to still come and then you got Trent Morrison and and who's a sophomore right now he'll be a junior this fall so, um, you know, Sam Heward is going to put up big numbers and a big reason why he's a very talented kid. I'm not taking anything away from him, but it doesn't hurt when you have three very talented wide receivers to throw to. A couple of other uh, guys in uh, on campus this weekend from out of state, and they were big time guys as well, Scott. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of already mentioned the guys that were that were on campus, but we'll go through them again. Zach Charbonnet out of Oaks Christian running back. Um, there was uh, Jude Wolf, a tight end out of St. John Bosco, 6'6", 244 pounds. He's a big-time guy. Um, Washington targeted him very early. He's a four-star, um, number eight in the country at his position. Um, Washington did re- has done really, really well with him. He told me he's definitely taking an official visit to the University of Washington. Um, this past week, uh, well, two weekends ago, EJ Ndoma Ogar, 
um, from Allen, Texas, actually took a visit up to the University of Washington. He's 6'3", 325. He's an offensive lineman. Um, he's a big-time guy, and he told me he's planning to take an official visit at some point this uh, early uh, official visit period. So sometime between this month and June, he'll take a visit. My guess is it'll be late June if possible. Braylon Trice, a kid out of Sandra Day O'Connor uh, High School down in Glendale, uh, Arizona. He's a weak defensive end, 6'4", 225. He can really get after the quarterback, 14 and a half sacks. Um, I'm sorry, 14 sacks, 14 and a half tackles for loss last season. Uh, big time guy. Um, we talked about Noah Nagalu. His teammate, Daniel Hemuli, out of Menlo Atherton, an inside linebacker, 6'2", 220. He's not ready to name a top five, but don't be surprised if Washington's right there at the top for him when he names his top five, top ten here this summer. He really, really enjoyed his time up at the University of Washington. So those are some of the names that were up here. There were a couple 2020 out-of-staters um, that I don't have uh, pulled up right now, but those are guys that Washington is really looking at pretty heavily. They don't. Neither one of them have offers, but I, I imagine both will have offers. It was a running back and a wide receiver who are both four stars in in uh, 24-7's early uh, ranking system. So lots of talented guys. And then earlier in the spring, you had Kyler Gordon and you had um, Julius Irvin, uh, two guys who signed in 2018, you know, earlier this, you know, back in uh, December. So they'll be enrolling this summer. So lots of other guys. Um, Nate Kleppo has been up on campus. Sama Paama was also up on campus. And then you had Dylan Morris. So lots and lots of guys for Washington to, to have in their, in their, program and and to have, show what it's like to be a player at the university of washington just a few guys i'm going to rapid fire a couple guys just uh maybe just update a little bit on what's going on with some of these guys um joe nada uh wide receiver out of Folsom. yeah wide receiver out of Folsom. ariel nata's uh younger brother and um by all rights washington is right there at the top for him he's really been infatuated with sec country so i think washington's going to have to hose him off a little bit but uh, Washington is doing very, very well for him. Manny Noah, um, Mananoa Tufono. Yeah, um, you know, a legacy to the University of Washington. I'm going to be honest with you, Kim. I don't think Washington likes him that much. I think they like Daniel Hamuli better. I think that's the guy they're concentrating on as a middle linebacker prospect for them. Um, there's also a guy by the name of Joshua Calvert who also has an offer from the University of Washington. He's out of Oaks Christian, 6'3", 220 pounds. I'm not sure Washington really likes Mananoa uh, Tofono that much. We'll have to see. I know that they that they have offered him and, and that they pursued him, but last time I talked to him, he said he's hardly talked to any of the Washington coaches, and, and um, he just didn't seem that interested in the University of Washington. So um, we'll just have to see. Uh, you know, it's, it's a long process. There's a long way to go. I don't want to say Washington has taken him off their board. I just think he's fallen down a little bit. And uh, I think they want to see a little bit more out of him before they really get serious about him. Sean Dollars, the running back out of modern day. Oh, boy. Uh, this one is probably not going to make Husky fans very happy, but he looks like a, a pretty heavy lean to Oregon at this point. I know Oregon and I know um, USC, I think, is the other one that, that have really made a big impression on him. I think uh, Florida State is another one to keep an eye on with Willie Taggart uh, being there. But um, Washington will probably get an, an unofficial visit out of him. But, man, I, I just think with um, Cameron Davis already in the fold and them having a good shot at Zach Charbonnet, I think if they get Zach Charbonnet in the fold, I think they're going to call it a day and, and just say thanks, guys, and uh, and uh, call it good with uh, running backs this year. 
Josh Delgado, the wide receiver out of IMG. Yeah, I, I just, you know, this is a recruitment that I just don't know 100% about how, how serious they are about him since they, they have a shot at some other pretty big-time guys. He's still a very good player, though, 5'11", 172 pounds. He was at, um, you know, I'm trying to think if he was at, I, I can't remember if he was at Servine or St. John Bosco. He was at one of, the, one of the private schools down in Southern California, and he transferred to IMG over there in uh, Florida, um, 5'11", 172 pounds. He's a talented kid, and so keep an eye on him. Four-star guy, rated a .92 in the 24-7 uh, composite. So, um, you know, Washington has been a favorite of his for a long time. I think that has kind of changed a little bit. I think his eyes have been kind of opened up a little bit. I think Joe Nata and uh, Josh Delgado would be a nice um, – combination to get in uh for the for the wide receiver class but i'm still not sold that washington's the favorite anymore uh, another kid from st john bosco raylan goforth his he's an outside linebacker his brother um J, i believe it was, was it jalen randall goforth um, randall yeah, yeah uh defensive back who wound up at ucla was a guy that jimmy lake targeted pretty heavy back in the day but what's going on with raylan goforth uh, he's planning to come up uh, this this late spring, early summer to check out the University of Washington again. He's already been up to Washington before, loved it. Says Washington's one of his top five, top six, seven schools. Um, I think Washington has a decent shot with him, but um, I think it's going to be hard for him to pass up. Um, you know, UCLA, uh, USC, um, and he does like Oregon. So you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. It's a kind of a battle between those four Pac-12 schools: Oregon, UCLA, USC, and Washington. Jaden Jernigan, out of uh, defensive lineman, out of Allen, Texas. Yeah, Washington offered him early in the process, and I think they were pushing kind of hard on him to to get in the to get in the fold. He's six one, two hundred eighty pounds. He's more of a uh, nose tackle type of zero, um, and Washington needs one of those guys, so I think they, they like him, but I think they're willing to let him kind of just take his time and do what he needs to do because I think they like a couple guys a little bit more than him at this point. I think Jacob Bandis probably is the top guy at the zero uh, that they like, and then maybe Siaki Ika. And then depending on, on how uh, things go, I mean, Sama Paama could end up playing that nose tackle spot. So, um you know, at this point, I think Jaden Jernigan is a guy that they want to they want to just give time to evaluate and kind of see where things fall with some of the other dominoes along the defensive line. But he's a guy that I know Washington likes, and there's a chance and we've heard that he might take an unofficial visit and in, in late June, along with uh, EJ Edgar uh, EJ Ndoma Ogar, who um, is his teammate down there in Allen. Anybody else from Texas that we need to keep an eye on, Scott? Oh boy! I mean, there, there, there's a few guys here and there. I, I think Washington's really trying to get in on some of these uh, Texas guys and and get in there early. Colt Ellison is a guy they just offered. He's a buck prospect out of Alito, Texas. They play the five A down there, which would be our version of three A up here in the state of Washington. Uh, he's ranked number thirty four in the country, six four two thirty five. Can really get after the quarterback. His team finished. Uh, they either finished second or won the the state champion. I think they won the state championship uh, for the 5A division. So um, a guy that Washington got in on. But the problem is they might have gotten in on him. I, I hate to say late because it is only the you know April of their junior years. 
But uh, Notre Dame is a school that's really impressed him a lot, and I think he really likes Notre Dame and Oklahoma and maybe TCU right now. I think Washington's got a shot, though. He wants to get up for an official visit, and we'll see what happens. Utah's been a state that Washington's been real active in. Is it a down year in Utah this year? Um, I I don't want to say it's a down year. I don't think it's as good as it was last year where Washington went in there and really hit the state heavy, and a lot of other teams did too. But, I mean, there's some pretty talented kids that are coming out of the uh, state of Utah this year. Um, and I, I, So I, I wouldn't say they're they're not hitting it very hard. I just think it's maybe not as hard as maybe some other years. Because this year, Hawaii is probably the best it's been. And, God, I can't remember a year when Washington has offered this many Hawaii kids at this point in the process. Um, in, the, in the 10, I think I'm at 12 years now of covering uh, Washington uh, recruiting. And I don't remember a year where we've seen this many um, uh, offers out to Hawaii kids this early in the process. Uh, Seven commits so far. We still in that 20 to 22 range anticipating Scott. Yeah. I'm leaning more toward 22. I think Washington knows they're going to have some attrition following the season or even before the season. So um, we'll just have to wait and see, but I, I'm leaning more toward, toward them taking 22 in this class, and maybe even a 23rd if they can if they can get a uh, a guy in that they that they really really want. Because there's certain guys, and we've we've mentioned this many times, there's certain guys who can wait all the way up until February this year it's fe- or next year it's February 6th when signing day is. So there's some guys who can wait that long, and Washington's got a few of, go- of those guys on their list. And they'll figure out a way to get them in. But right now, I'd say 22 is probably where it's going to end up. Washington winds up their spring football on Saturday with their event. I don't want to call it a game, spring fling, whatever you want to call it. Um, Anybody anticipating coming in this weekend uh, that would be of note, Scott? Um, You know what? I'm still putting out feelers. It's early in the week. Uh, There were some guys who said they were coming up for, um, like, EJ, and Doma Ogar was supposed to come up for the spring game and he's not coming now because he already came up. So, um, it's, it's a little early. Um, I'll have a list of guys if I can put one together, if it's even worth putting a list together. But I think last week was their big week because, um, uh, Oregon is making a big event out of their, uh, their, uh, spring game that they're having, uh, this weekend as well. And, um, I think there's a lot of kids who are committed to coming up for that, And so Washington made the week before their big weekend so that they could get a bunch of the same guys in. So um, at this point, I don't expect a lot of big time guys to be up, but you just never know. And I think there's probably going to be maybe one or two guys who signed already uh, and will be enrolling here in the next couple months. Do you see the thing I posted about Georgia's spring game? Uh, $93,000 and they had ludicrous at halftime. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't see that ever happening here at the University of Washington. Oh, God, the Montlake community would go crazy. So, but Yeah, I, no, I, I don't see that ever happening up here. Scott, we mentioned a ton of guys and what's going to drive you nuts. Even though you mentioned just a ton of guys, I can promise you, when we post this on the message board, it won't be about anybody we talked about. Everybody's going to ask you about the guys you didn't talk about. So is there anybody that you need <laughs> to talk about? Because that's what everybody's going to ask you about. Um. You know, I, I'm just kind of thinking about it. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people are going to want to know about O-line recruiting. Well, they've already got Corey Luciano and, and uh, Nathaniel Kalepo already in the fold. My top guy, and I know that there there's other guys rated higher in the, in the 24-7 database, but my top guy, the best guy I saw this spring – in the and I saw and I saw everyone that Washington has offered. I have seen them play except for Barrett Miller out of out of Colorado. Everybody else I've seen play 
Inoke Vimahi is the guy out of Kahuku. I think Washington is doing really, really well with him. Um, and he was the best player I saw at any of the camps that I went to. He is just a special, special talent. Uh, really likes to grind and get after it. Um, you know, probably my top guy on my board if I'm the University of Washington. And his teammate, uh, Miki Ayu, just got offered as an inside-outside linebacker um, out of Kahuku as well. And uh, I think those guys could end up being a package deal. Uh, they both like Washington quite a bit. I think Miki Ayu is a little closer to committing to Washington. But I don't. I would not be surprised. I think that guy could be the big prize for Washington in this class. Uh, he's one of the top offensive linemen in the country, number twelve, and uh, he's a special, special talent. I, that's a guy that I think people need to remember that name because he is a special, special talent. You said package deal. Yeah, there's not a lot of those, but those two guys are pretty close. And one of the reasons why Kahuku guys are really high on Washington is because of a guy by the name of Howie Kakaha, who, um, you know, went to the, went to Kahuku. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's been a long day for me already. <laughs> so, uh, um, and he went down there and, um, and he went to school there and chose Washington. And I think that's, uh, something that has really been special for that community. Um, and um, he has gone back and talked to the players about why Washington is so special. And I think that's something just to keep an eye on. I'm not saying anything is imminent or anything's going to happen. And I know for sure people are going to probably say, well, Scott said this was going to happen. No, I did not say it's going to happen. I just said there's a chance because uh, these guys have really bonded um, pretty well and, and really like the fact that Washington offers them so much. What, what's the high school again? Uh <laughs> Uh, really, Kim? Kahuku. Kahuku. I kept saying Kahuku. Kahuku. Jeez, Louise. Shrimp truck. Been, uh, shrimp truck. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I just I've got a two and a half year old and a one year old who had me up like five times last night. I am exhausted and I'm just kind of going on fumes right now. Yeah, Scott didn't mention him. Just chill, people. You know, you'll get the updates when they're ready. Sometimes there's just not a lot of movement and not a lot going on with guys. So just be patient. You know, Scott will get you the updates. Brandon Huffman, Craig Biggins, best in the business. So, uh, hey, from all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eklund. Go dogs.